pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle within us the fire of your love. And may my words and our hearts together glorify you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So you've heard this story before, of course. Jesus was born, he grew into adulthood, and walked the face of the earth in a backwater place called Galilee. He became a rabbi and taught and healed and prophesied. And then, because he was so faithful, his relationship with God threatened the temple authorities and the Romans who reigned over Israel at that time. And so, still as a very young man, he was betrayed, arrested, he was mocked, and he was nailed to a cross and died and was buried. That's not the end of the story. And that's what we're here today to proclaim. That death is not the end of the story. Three days later, as was foretold by the scriptures, the message comes to the women who have gone to see the tomb. Jesus is not here, but has been raised. Now, if I were to ask you ask you why the women would come to the tomb that Easter morning, what would you say? Why did they come? I mean, it was a dangerous thing to do. They were followers of the deceased rabbi named Jesus of Nazareth. But they came to the tomb on that first Easter morning. Most of us would say they came to the tomb to care for the body of Jesus. You see, they we would say that they brought myrrh and spices to clean and anoint the body for burial since that was not possible between the time Jesus died and the beginning of the Sabbath. So they came to do their obligation. They came to anoint the body. But that's not the story Matthew tells. That's not the story that Matthew tells at all. It's Mark and Luke who mentioned the spices. It's Mark and Luke who mentioned the anointing. For them, the women come to the tomb because they think Jesus is dead. But on the contrary, for Matthew, the women come to the tomb because they think Jesus is alive. The question for us this morning, do you come to this Easter morning because think that Jesus is dead? Or do you come to the tomb this Easter morning because you think Jesus is alive? Now, there was every reason to, for the women to believe that Jesus was dead. You see, the scripture tells us that the women, the two Marys, and other women, stood at a distance and watched him be executed, crucified. They watched him 
die and breathe his last breath. They endured the earthquake and the storm that rose up at that moment. They watched as Joseph of Arimathea came to retrieve Jesus' body and followed to the tomb where they saw Jesus buried in a tomb that was not his own. They knew Jesus was dead. And there was every reason for them to believe that truth. They had reason to be deeply afraid, as the disciples did. Even after the disciples go to Galilee, as they are instructed, and saw with their own eyes the living, risen Christ, the scripture says, some of them doubted. Why not? After all, they had believed that this Jesus, the rabbi of Nazareth, was going to be the Messiah, the one who would redeem Israel, the son of David, the king who would bring Israel back to its highest day. As far as their life circumstances, though, even with the rumors of a resurrected Jesus, life had not changed much. The Roman Empire was still in control. The temple authorities were still out looking for them. They were still poor. Death and dying still reigned. And sure enough, if we're honest, maybe that's a bit of where we are today, right? I mean, here we are on an Easter Sunday morning, this glorious day of our faith, and yet, Shadows and darkness are everywhere. There are wars and rumors of war. There is a pandemic going across the world with no end in sight, with no vaccine to heal us. You know, shadows and darkness are everywhere. We've never seen an Easter like this before in our entire lives flown with billions of people sheltering at home. Even Pope Francis preached to an empty cathedral. In-person church services have been canceled. Yes, we've never seen an Easter quite like this, have we? But this morning, I want us to consider how Matthew tells the story of the first Easter because I think in that message is our hope and our promise. You see, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, who I personally believe is Mary, the mother of Jesus, show up that morning not to embalm a corpse, but rather to see the tomb. Listen, the Greek word here for to see is theoresa, which means to look at. More importantly, it means to discern contemplate, to analyze, and to understand. The same Greek word underlies our English word, theater, that art in which we behold dramatic action in order to concentrate on its meaning and to better understand it. So I wonder, did the two Marys arrive because they expect, they expect some dramatic thing to happen? that something is about to happen. 
Matthew gives us every reason to think so. Every reason to think that they have arrived for a different purpose. As the scripture had told us just a few verses earlier, while the male disciples ran and betrayed and deserted Jesus at the crucifixion, the two Marys remained as witnesses, looking on Theorosa from a distance. They are looking and watching and analyzing and discerning. They had followed Jesus from Galilee and provided for him. The two Marys and the other women followed Jesus, both learning from him and providing for him. And when the male disciples lose their nerve and run for the hills, these women stay to see. And what do they see? Well, according to the scripture we hear this morning, the very earth shook and the tombs were opened. In other words, just a few days and just a few verses before today's passage, these very women are witnessing astonishing signs that point to something remarkable getting ready to happen. As other witnesses, the Roman centurion in particular proclaims, this truly was the one of God. What's more, because they've been following Jesus all along, the two Marys were no doubt familiar with his teaching that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering and, on the, and be killed and on the third day would be raised. So they come to the tomb with great expectations. They don't bring embalming spices. They don't bring anything. They come to see the tomb, which is to say, they come to see the tomb open. And when the earth shakes for a second time in three days, when the tombstone is rolled away, they aren't surprised. They're a bit fearful and overjoyed, but not shocked. The Roman guards faint with terror, but the women look on with awe and wonder. The women stand strong despite their fear, and they meet the angels' gaze. They see what they came hoping to see. Their expectations are met. The angel commissions them to go and tell. Go and tell the disciples that this Jesus, who was crucified, is not here. Jesus has been raised and goes ahead of you to Galilee. And do you know what happens in that moment? Do you know what happens when women become the apostles? The apostles of the apostles. They will proclaim this truth. They will proclaim this reality that they have witnessed. They will proclaim that their expectations have been met just as Jesus said they would. And, and you know what happens to the disciples? Mary and Mary come to them and tell them this news. You know what that means? It means that they are forgiven. Jesus still names them and claims them as disciples. Jesus wants to be with them. you come to see today? Is all you can see is illness and death, isolation and sorrow, or do you come this Easter morning with expectations of something new that God is doing? 
a transformed life, a transformed world. I want to remind you that we have a gift on this Easter Sunday, and perhaps for the next 50 days of this Easter season, we have been given a Sabbath. And you know what Sabbath means? It means we set time apart as holy for God, and we rest. And if we can see this stay at home as a punishment, as a death, a little death, or we can see it as a hope, a Sabbath. We can see social distancing as a punishment, or we can see it as life-giving. Part of the Sabbath-keeping, we have to remember, is to pray for those who don't have the love luxury of Sabbath keeping, that have to go to work, that have to be out in, in risking their lives. And that we pray for them in this time. You know, the truth is, whether we're together or apart, Easter Sunday comes. And we can come at it with great expectations to see what God is doing in the midst of all that is happening right now, just as the women and the disciples did. Or we can call it a punishment, a great sorrow, a death. But the truth is, is that Easter is a fathomless mystery. And the truth is, it doesn't happen in just a single day. You know, there's a reason the early church celebrated Easter for 50 days until the birth of the church at Pentecost. It was because that Easter isn't a moment. It is a transformation. It is something that happens to us and in us and through us. It is something that happens to our world, in our world, and through our world. That we get a chance to meet the God, the fathomless God of Easter. Easter Sunday is not the end of Lent. It's the beginning of Easter. And in a deeper sense, it's the beginning of the Christian life. A life lived in the light of the expectations of God to do new things. And in this morning's twilight, there are still plenty of shadows and struggles and doubts. And perhaps yours and my first reaction is to greet Easter with skepticism. And you know what? Okay. As we'll see in the weeks ahead, Easter faith is often a mix of trust and doubt, belief and disbelief. For after all, we can look at Easter and miss the miracle, or we can look at Easter and try to domesticate it, or we can look with great expectation to how God is now moving our world, in and through us. You know, Father Richard Rohr, all for the last two weeks, has been teaching about our faith, and that our faith tells us that there will be hardship, but there will be hope. That our lives tell us that we will face death, but our faith tells us we will face resurrection. And so, if you're in despair this morning, 
If you have lost all hope, hear what Jesus says to the woman. Do not be afraid. Peace be with you. Hear what the angel says to the women. Do not be afraid. Go on to the disciples and tell them the good news. So we can greet this Easter morning with all our doubts and fears and skepticism, and that's all okay. But at some point we pivot and turn toward the promise of God because that is what our faith tells us. That resurrection is real. And Father Richard Moore tells us that unless we are willing to look death bold in the face and surrender our very lives over to the God of love, we will not know resurrection. But if we are willing to lose our lives, we will save them. If we are willing to face our deaths, we will find new life. Whether that's the little deaths of our daily living right now, big death that prepares us for life with God. This is a promise of Easter. And even in the midst of the shadows and the darkness that we are experiencing right now, we have an Easter coming. We have a resurrection coming. You and I have a resurrection coming. And that is a hope we hold on to today and every day as we proclaim the paschal mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Hallelujah and amen.